This is Disabled Girls Who Lift. We are reclaiming what's rightfully ours one podcast at a time. It's Mary Beth, Chloe, and Marcia bringing you the thoughts and unpopular topics to get you out of that ableist comfort zone. Hey folks, welcome to yet another episode of Disabled Girls Who Lift. We're still disabled and we're still lifting. It's just Marcia today, so we miss Mary Beth, we miss Chloe, but Marcia's on here from South Florida and a special guest from our previous Panel of Spoon episodes, Miss Ashley Parker. How's it going? So she's back. If you didn't listen to those episodes, and also she deserves her own shine, right? Let's talk about her. Who is she? Ashley is from Tacoma, Washington, power lifter with some rare as fuck diseases, um, a kinesiology major, a mom, a hiker, a full-time worker. She's all over the place. She's got a lot of things going on. So it's interesting because at the time of this recording, at least, there's something trending on Twitter. Mm-hmm. It's this hashtag, hashtag disability has no age requirement. And I feel like your current vibe of things that you've been talking about on your social media and to us is um, definitely on that wavelength. Yeah, I need to check that hashtag out, actually. I haven't heard about (laughs) it yet, (laughs) but I definitely identify with it. So it's like if you're Nana and you're talking about pain, they're like, oh, okay, Nana, you know? If you're cute and old and you're like, I need accommodations, they're like, okay, sweetheart, way to go. But uh, <laughs> you're in your 20s and 30s and they're like, bitch, you should be able to work. Yeah, like, oh, you power lift? Well, you shouldn't have a problem doing what we're doing. And it's like, well, I power lift under, like, when I feel like it. So if I don't feel like lifting, I'm not going to lift. But if I have to go to work and I tell them I can't go to work, they'll be like, well, did you go to the gym? Mm. did you power lift I'm like no like I don't understand why that's relevant I'm telling you that I can't work under the conditions that you put me under because you assume that I can do what everybody else can and I (sighs) can't do it I actually uh got into an argument with my supervisor on Friday so it'll be fun to go into work tomorrow when she Mm. writes my ass up awkward so, so was that uh uh something every week since you've been well number one where do you work I work at UPS um once COVID shut the gyms down uh it kind of just carried over into my coaching business so I've been coaching down in my basement um I have a gym down there but it's UPS apparently has the best medical ever and um it's not you're not eligible until nine months after employment but oh. All I've heard is just how amazing the benefits are and they pay for all the specialists. And I'm really trying to get down to that um, vascular clinic um, and the Mayo Clinic down in Arizona. So that's why I'm kind of enduring this crap. <laughs> right. What a mess. Uh, yeah, it's been about four months, but um, the people that are in charge there have no training on how to deal with people like us. I mean, we are kind of a rare breed. But I think a lot of us um, don't really speak out because, you know, fear of rejection, fear of being called crazy. Obviously, the person looked at me and she wanted to whoop my ass because she took what I said personally. 
of course that's... which was yeah. i'm in pain i need to go and they she laughed under her mask and shook her head and i'm like this isn't a joke like i'm getting chest pain and i'm not going to overexert myself you know because you can't do your job and uh she took it personally and started side-eyeing me and just mm. like not not really listening so i'm just like all right i guess i'll just hang in there i don't know any option you know what i mean um i'm very vocal about it because that's the only way that you'll be hurt is just being viewed as crazy annoying you know repetitive from people who don't understand but yeah. as somebody who's trying to get their message across i don't really give a crap about what they say like i'm gonna still run my mouth every day <laughs> about how i feel <laughs> no and you should be able to feel safe to do that and it's like a lot of people from the outside of these kind of situations whether we're talking about disability discrimination or gender or whatever right they're mm -hmm. just like oh why don't you just report it to hr it's like, well who runs hr is the same kind of fucking people yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> going, Karen, like, let me speak to your manager. Like, let me speak to your boss. Who do I need to talk to to get something done around here? Because who do I need to write a letter to? You yeah. know, like, for you real. You have to and go, like, up the whole chain. Like, it, it, talking to somebody within the office when the office has a culture problem isn't solving any problems. I hate when people say that. Did you report it? Yeah, I think the worst thing about it is when I first applied, they said they wanted 25% of their workforce to be disabled. So they huh. welcomed. It. So I'm like, all right, sweet. And I think we had talked about when I was able to move departments because I was starting to, you know, feel like crap. I was overexerting myself and they had no right. problem moving me. And I was assuming that it would be a good place. And you just have a bunch of uneducated, underqualified people in positions of power uh, that's where we have a problem and folks are so what is the day by day this is like a weekly thing where she's scoffing and laughing at you oh it's a daily thing where uh, they have somebody and i briefly i i like asked questions for months and i finally got an answer they have somebody forecasting up there how much work one person can do Okay. I don't know where they get their numbers from, but for some reason, every person is 0.8 people and every 0.8 person should be able to handle 100 packages an hour. Sounds like some Amazon shit. It, it's, and I used to work at Amazon. It's very close to Amazon, but we're covered by the union and the pay as well. And I mean, if I weren't covered by the union, I probably would have got my ass fired for how much I run my mouth, but I don't care. <laughs> like I have the union backing me. So I'm okay. just like, da, 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 you know, every day. And it's funny because, you know, you get to a point where you're so well-spoken about this and you're using language that they can't even comprehend. So they don't even know what to say to you. They just kind of stand there and like, look at you. This is going nowhere. <laughs> like you're disabled. Yeah. I mean, do you want me to, what do you want me to do? You want me to just like bring my paperwork with me? I don't understand what you want me to prove to you. Like, who are you that I need to prove myself? Yeah. And honestly, it shouldn't even be, it should be so simple, right? Like, okay, I applied. I disclosed it to the person who hired me mm -hmm. and that's it. Like nobody else should have to follow up. Nobody else should need any convincing. Like I got hired with this information, like ready to go. This is what yeah. I need, period, end. Like why? Yeah. Are we... And I think the, the problem is, is when I try and 
when you try to talk to somebody who is professional and has emotional intelligence, um, they would respond differently. And so when somebody laughs because they don't understand that I am in legit pain and I'm sorry that I'm so fucking used to it, that I'm not like on the ground crying, I could be, but I'm not. So listen to me when I tell you that I feel like my lungs are about to collapse and I need to leave right now. So that should be the end of it. But apparently, you know, since I'm a good looking snack, they don't believe me. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're too cute. That's why <laughs> you have to be like struggling and squeaking by and just looking like hungry and tired and thirsty. Oh, yeah. She's definitely disabled then. Like, there, yeah, there's a few times where I'm like sitting there and my, you know, I'm hunched over and I'm just, you know, I'm obviously struggling to breathe and they look at me. Are you okay? Like, no, I'm not okay. Like, I've been telling you all this. I'm not okay. So now that you see what's happening, like, I want you to take a mental note of help me prevent this from happening. Like, that's your job. Uh, It's not that hard. It's not just do your job. (laughs) Exactly. It's not hard. It's not hard. So on on Monday, I'll probably go into a write up, which is I'll fight that tooth and nail and just lose my mind. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, And is this new for you or this the standard when it comes to workplaces? Um. I actually was diagnosed um, about, what, 2015, 16. Um, So the job that I was at, I was starting to get sick, but I didn't have my diagnosis. So they kind of thought that I was just trying to not be at work. Like, yeah, I'm not trying to pay my mortgage, no big deal, whatever. But when I got my diagnosis, they were giving me minimum um, accommodations. And basically I was a, what I call box bitch. Mm. Um, I basically sat in a corner and taped up boxes until I just walked out one day. Um, And like I said, that was 2015 and I hadn't worked for a corporation um, until now to um, end of 2020. Oh, you've been, I've been, yeah, I've been doing coaching. I've been doing random side jobs and that's been working for me, but because of the rising cost of medical and the fact that my old insurance denied all of my hospital claims, I have all this medical debt Shit, and I need medical insurance because my condition is worsening. And once I got into UPS, like I knew how it was going to be because warehouses are warehouses, you know, they don't, they only give a shit about production. Um, and so I knew how it was going to be, but it's part-time. So I figured, eh, I'm not going to spend all day there. It's not going to be as bad. No. You saw it. (laughs) But yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Just kidding. It's amazing though, because people don't like, it's either you struggle at a job and people think you're lazy Mm -hmm. or you stay at home and work like 10 side gigs and whatever and people still think you're lazy because so you suck at the job you're lazy you try to find some other way around it and they're just like why don't you just get a job like you know you guys aren't getting it yeah it's really it's really hard because a lot of the a lot of the jobs expect so much out of you like open weekends be available for this be available yeah, for that no, thanks and that's why i'm in school but i'm caught in a crossroad where i can't go back to gyms i just don't trust that's gonna be like good income for me, steady income. And so when I'm now that I'm pursuing this degree, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with it. (laughs) So now I'm kind of at that crossroad where I'm at school, but I don't know how much schooling it's going to take for me to do what I want to do. And I don't even know what I want to do exists. 
what do you want to do? I, I mean, so, pandemic I, considering, right? Yeah, I basically want to advocate for disabled athletes. Um, and I want to, so I've been listening to a lot of uh, Mark Ripito, and he stresses that there's not a lot of um, peer review and a lot of research done on strength training athletes. A lot of the stuff Definitely that we not. get is from um, aerobic, uh, VO2 max, stuff like that. Um, and so I really want to kind of push barbell training towards all populations and kind of break that stigma of like bulking up and having it be too difficult, you know, and going to machines. Like I wish, I just kind of want to help disabled athletes feel that they're being heard. And I want them to understand that there is programming for them. And there's coaches that know what they're going through and can program around all the crap that we go through. Right. You know, nothing is worse than having to do a triple squat at 95% of your one rep max. <laughs> and then your coach, you know, kind of giving you shit about not being able to do it, but you know that you can't. Yeah. You no, know and I they're exactly. like, I'm flaring up. Can you change it up? And they don't understand what a flare is. So they don't know how to make changes. Mm -mm. And so I just want to like really get into research with disabled strength athletes. That sounds good to me. Yeah. Mary Beth was, that was actually one of her questions she asked and she can't make it on is, is how does it go with coaching in your experience? Cause I'm pretty sure that, or she, she said she was pretty sure that they just tell you to stop being a bitch or just get some Advil and, oh, you'll be fine or no pain, no gain. So the powerlifting community right now is really weird and really off-putting, um, mostly because it's all driven by strength and not knowledge. And when you're at that point where you have the knowledge to get strong, but your body isn't capable of doing that. Ooh, it's you know what I mean? Like mm. when I, when I talked to you the other day about this guy who, you know, he was posting, what can I do to grow my hamstrings and what can I do to grow my lats? And I told him and he told my, he told me that my answer was too textbook. Uh, it wasn't relevant in the application of the, in the real world. And I was like, well, I, I mean, I, a, a Romanian deadlift is a Romanian deadlift. You know what I mean? Like if you're not he doing a textbook, hip and cool, I guess. I don't know. I don't know I don't what he, he's a big dude on steroids. And then after I had talked to him, he posted all these big dudes on steroids lifting horribly, but they're huge. Yep. They lift a lot. They must know a lot. Exactly. <laughs> and this guy's That's wondering. That's how that works. Yeah, no, this guy's wondering why am I not recovering? And I told him your workout's too intense. And he said, well, it's actually not too intense. It's just my body. Okay, I'm like, bro. all right, dude, whatever. Like, it's okay, bro. It's just, it's, it's, you have a lot to prove. And you then do. when you start getting in the process of proving yourself, then you get injured because your ego gets in the way or you want to prove those people on Instagram wrong or, you know, even just like friends and family members, you want to prove people wrong and you get just kind of too far into there. Exactly. And it's not, it's not bad to pull back. Like it really isn't. You don't have to do like, like I like top sets. I don't like to do like five sets of something. You know what right. I mean? Like top sets work for me and that's what works. For, I found what works for me. Yeah. And I think what I know can work for other disabled athletes. And so that's what I'm trying to push a little bit. Just now I have to have a piece of paper. You know what I mean? I can't just walk uh, in the clinic. 
It's hard. I definitely think the um, the research is horribly lacking. I mean, okay, in terms of like bro science, everybody thinks they're an expert, right? And but then in terms of actual science, like nobody's even talking about this shit. Like it, you know, how many doctors just tell you to try yoga and swim? You know, they tell you that we, oh no, your weightlifting is probably too intense. Like as if we don't know how to decide how much weightlifting is good or bad for us, right? Like that's that that's the uh, you should probably shouldn't weightlift. You should just stretch and swim, like. Well, like on on all ends of it, it's not being researched or looked into or studied enough. And there's just so many layers of it. There's just so many layers. There is. On top of that, we have uteruses. So that's not helping either. Oh, my gosh. Apparently, they don't exist. (laughs) Apparently, they just like the pain. And I think it was some sort of uh, uh, when the veins get... um, inflate or they get bigger after pregnancy and then they don't go down oh. what is it? uh and then it's really painful periods and just like really painful pelvic pain for that yeah there's a name for it and i don't remember what it was but some doctors think it exists and some don't because <laughs> <laughs> uh, hmm. there's no proof and i'm just like can't anecdotal evidence is proof but like okay <laughs> here's the thing right like so we we're you know, I went to school, you're in school, you understand research and like the value of evidence-based blah, 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 right? But at the same time, you have to understand like the giant perspective is nobody's researching things for fun. Like these people, somebody's paying you for it. Mm-hmm. Like nobody just wakes up and says, I care about the good of all people. Let me research this. And it goes well. Like, no, somebody <laughs> has to pay for it. So like if nobody cares about folks like us getting it in at the gym, there's not going to be any research for it. Like, honestly, truly. So when stuff like that comes up and people are like, well, what does the literature say? Well, nobody in the literature gives a fuck. <laughs> That's what it says. Yeah. I'm, I know I'm supposed, I'm about to finish my associates. Um, I'm on my last quarter and um, I'm going to transfer to PLU in the fall, which kinesiology is one of the most popular programs there. Oh yeah. I'm not surprised. Um, they also have, I think, the sports psychologist that worked with the um, women's Olympic swim team. Um, and so they have a lot of qualified individuals. I've just, like you said, not a lot of people want to fund this type of research. And I'm going into school with that in the back of my head. Like I want to do all this research, but where the hell am I going to find the money? Yeah. And I think with the, popularity of powerlifting and like CrossFit and all these training facilities popping up I think maybe we have a better chance now than we did like five years ago definitely at this point and also the fact that disabled folks are like now out in the open like we've got the internet everywhere you know there's no way you can't escape it even though day to day like in your regular life you might never see someone in a wheelchair you might never meet someone with an invisible illness whatever 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 blah blah Mm -hmm. blah but at the end of the day like crossfit now has an adaptive division right like stuff is happening people are lifting (laughs) so somebody's gonna want to fund something somewhere even if it's you know one of those things where you have to work at a university that has some certain kind of program, you know? Yeah. And I think 
now that people are being more vocal about it, maybe, and everybody wants to be inclusive, all the establishments, all the schools, everything wants to be inclusive to everybody. And I think that is another driving force behind like me being able to get funding for research for disabled athletes and especially maybe for transgender athletes as well, because there's a whole mess going on right there too, you know, and there's not, yeah. So it's like, I think a lot of the research done on that is biased. And so, I I mean, um, were you deep in the internet when, when uh, hashtag med bikini was a thing? Like that's a perfect example of how research can be bullshit. Like med literally, bikini. Oh man, it was a great one. So it was like a bunch of dude bros. Um, I forgot what school it was, but they stalked people on Instagram and made like a qualitative study on like, oh, people are unprofessional. Women are in bikinis. People posting pictures with their beer bottles and how that affects like professionalism. And I forgot what their end game was. It was on that. Um, but besides the fact that it was an incredibly sexist and stupid paper that was published in a peer-reviewed journal. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> after the fact, once everybody's pissed off, they realize, like, they didn't even have consent to do these things. Oh, my gosh. That's so, I need to lift this up. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was great. It was a great time on the internet. So, like, it goes to show you, like, sometimes this, like, the people that fund and provide and get published. Mm-hmm like it doesn't mean shit like it it doesn't always mean shit so you telling me like what i want to what i want to do or what i want to look into isn't worth it like you're not worth it for real (laughs) (laughs) your shit's not worth it are you i know i've been listening to a lot of audibles at work just so i don't lose my shit and um great plan again i was listening to um the starting strength programming um, by Mark Bledsoe and he just like I said he was just making remarks about just kind of going on tangents of how you know well training facilities and gyms and box gyms are only in it for memberships and that's what a lot of people have access to they've never even been in a training training facility mm-hmm. and they're being handled by people who just want their money and I mean I, at the end of the day they don't care if you come to the gym or not because they um, roped you into a membership Exactly. And like fees and contracts and stuff. So, and you know, he, he's very knowledgeable. And I think he's, um, I think he's like a guru to me. I have all of his books and I, he kind of amps me up on wanting to do research. Um, because, you know, like I said, there's a lot of things he says that I've heard on the, you know, opposite in school. Right. And, you know, I had one of my instructors tell me the Vasalva maneuver was bad. And she looked right at me and stared <laughs> me in the eyes. And I'm just like, ooh. Bad. I mean, if you have hypertension or something, sure. I know. Like, what do you mean bad? Like, bad forever? She's a runner. She's a runner and a CrossFitter. And just to tell an entire classroom and stare me right in the eye that the, the Vasalva maneuver is bad. I'm just like, ooh, you know what you're doing. I see what you're doing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you this one. Like, I'm going to be the bigger person. you know what I mean like I don't but yeah like I said a lot of the stuff that I'm learning I don't agree with you know we do ACSM and um like a lot of the rep ranges and everything like that I'm just like I'm I would put an answer down and it'd be wrong because it wouldn't be the textbook answer it wouldn't be what they said is exactly and I'm like but this is the right answer you know but whatever I know that's not the same people that do the CSCS are they 
No. I, that's a I different believe... that's and might be like NC something then. Never mind. Yeah, no, it is. And I remember when I was listening to that audible that he actually um stopped participating with that organization that does the CSCS and I wanted to figure out why. Yeah, I'd like to know what's going on there because I I see that for most of my classmates at a at a PT school and they're like dude bros and we're like yeah science and yeah lifting they all got their cscs like off rip boom boom um and first of all i'm like "Mm, why but then you know Mm. i I look it up and then they also have something else they call like special populations so i'm curious to know what they think they're teaching about special so i know i actually i'm glad you brought that up because i took a special populations class for my degree and a lot of it was seniors, seniors, yeah. kids, pregnant Nothing women. Nothing in between, huh? Uh-uh. And it's like either the stuff- you're a child with a disability or an old lady. Yeah. And, the, and like the rep ranges, like for pregnant women, stay like 40 to 50%. I'm like, what the hell? What's that going to do? Huh. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's writing this crap. I just, I got an A in the class. I did what I needed to do. It's just the cookie cutter bull crap that I'm doing right now. So. yeah no this don't make any sense Uh uh-uh so how long have you actually been a power lifter so school is new but is power lifting new I used was so I when I used to be a runner and then I started power lifting in 2015 around the time you got diagnosed yes so I realized that there was a correlation between heavy lifting and my flares Mm. and powerlifting could have caused this to surface I'm not sure I just know that I have been feeling having these really awkward symptoms like you know the going blind and the chest pains and uh, the swelling and all these rashes and um, when I was running I would tear muscles a lot like I tore my calf um, multiple times and um so I didn't understand why I was and so I was just like you know I don't want to be a runner I want to do something competitive powerlifting let's do it googled it signed up for my first meet brought it to my trainer at the time and he was like what the hell where'd this come from and I'm like whatever <laughs> let me just do this and the more I lifted the more I realized that it didn't work well with my body right and, the things that sounded good for everyone else did not work out yeah and I sometimes think that powerlifting is the reason why I feel like shit, but powerlifting makes me feel good. So I keep doing it and I just need to start tweaking. So like the further along I go, the more I realize what works and doesn't work for me. And I've gotten, you know, I've had coaches, I've done West side method. Um, I've done, um, uh, what is it? The five by five, you know, all that type of crap. And then when I started doing, following Mark's training, like regimen, like, you know, apply the stimulus that you want to adapt to. I want to adapt to one rep maxes. So let me just, you know, hammer out a few um, singles and be good. Not do all the accessory movements. You know what I mean? Like lunges and all that stuff after squats absolutely kill me. So I'll do my main lifts because I'm um, training for a meet right now in May. So I have my main lifts. And if I do accessories, they're very light because I'm not training my body to be adapted to lunges. I think it's just a different way of 
training that's really awkward because a lot of people do accessory movements after main lifts. Yeah, but they're uh, also in in mind that like, okay, I'm only going to be at the gym and this is the only place I have. Mm-hmm. So I think when your access to the gym gets flexible, you can also make that part more flexible. And then there's also people that just do accessories because you're supposed to, and they don't know what they're trying to, you know, fix or improve. Like, yeah, like, like I personally, think- I think lunges are trash. I don't do lunges. <laughs> trash. Trash. For what? <laughs> what is that helping me do? like you know people do walking lunges like i don't know maybe i'll do a farmer's carry you know because that will translate to the farmer's carry event but yeah i'm starting to realize that i've also like if i want to do bulgarian split squats i'll do it as a warm-up with no weight Mm -hmm. before my squats i don't actually do it with a lot of weight because that takes a lot out of you and i never realized that it was the accessories that i thought were actually easier on my body that were actually whooping my ass yeah, that's that's the thing. People frame it like <laughs> like it can't kick your ass. <laughs> yeah, and for some reason, you know, I don't understand why you have to do multiple sets and reps of heavy weight to just completely tax your body and then come upstairs, you know, um, I come upstairs since it's in my basement and like, you know, slam like 50 grams of protein <laughs> and 500 yeah. grams of carbs and be good. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like and I like I I came upstairs I'm in my sports bar right now but I did my squats downstairs I did like three single pauses and then three triples or three doubles and then now I'm good you know what I mean I'm not on my floor dying (laughs) but I feel like I did something I don't know it's definitely apparent to me in my training when I actually have a competition because then I have like the pressure <laughs> of like this has to get done this week I got to do this today so next week I could do this and this and this and that's where you get overzealous and push too mm-hmm. hard and then by the time I get to the competition whether or not I do well like I've stressed my body so hard that mm-hmm. the day of the competition, every time, every couple, like the past couple comps, I get so sick. Like I had full-blown bronchitis after the last one. That's how much I beat my body up. Mm-hmm. That I had to go on a cocktail of drugs for a week and chill the fuck out. Because that's like, at the end of the day, it's stress, right? So anything yeah. too much is stress. And people are, oh, don't lift weights. Like, nah, bitch, if I swam too much, it'd be too much stress, right? It's like, it doesn't matter what the activity is. It's, it's like the effect. Yeah, stress. And I'm gonna keep referring to this dude so much because he's such awesome. Like he has such awesome information. But he had mentioned what's the most dangerous sport. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking running, (laughs) soccer. And I'm thinking, no shit. Well, there's a lot of people who injure the hell out of themselves. MCL, ACL tears during soccer and running and all this. And then with powerlifting or like lifting sports, you know, something might happen. But that's because you were too busy in your ego and not realizing your body was telling you that you needed to do like take care of this injury that was yeah. about to you know erupt so I think a lot of it like a lot of powerlifting and strength sports injuries come from ego definitely yeah. definitely so we had an episode because it was physical therapy month so that would have been October so we had one episode about that and I was like 
those are like there's different ones right like there's the you knew better injuries like in the moment you were like oh damn maybe I should change my shoes and you were like fuck it I gotta keep going and then you know mm-hmm. you, your foot slips and then you injure yourself or it's like every time that you do squats you're like damn I got that little ache in my knee but you know what fuck it, I'm gonna get this done and then two months later something happens like you know better like slow down <laughs> that is totally true I have a weak left glute that I could see in my lifting videos and I'm like, no, you know, and the coaches that I had weren't maybe their eye wasn't trained to notice these things. They should be. If you're coaching an athlete, you should notice if their leg is coming in a little bit, if they're, you know, if their knees are caving in, if their heels are coming up off the ground, you need to notice that and you need to address it. And my issue never got addressed until I started getting that pain I'm like surprise (laughs) you know and I would like roll it out and put my tiger bomb on it and it would just keep creeping up and I'm just like oh I gotta deal with this yeah so I took six months off of just heavy lifting and addressed issues that were underlying you know and now I'm ramping back up to um lift for this meet and I'm noticing you know I'm not having the same problems Mm -hmm. and but because I don't lift heavy weight nobody's nobody's gonna listen to me you know so that's it's kind of just in Washington let me tell you there is a lot of ego in this state especially with the power lifters and I'm so over it because a lot of the big power lifters and by big I mean size wise size wise not like Instagram popularity no 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 not like popularity but you know they're big guys and they'll squat like six seven hundred pounds and then they'll all get injured at the same time (laughs) (laughs) yep and they're always they're Instagram. always comeback. There's always a comeback, right? Like it's like once a year. Like, damn, bitch, don't you get tired? <laughs> yeah. And they'll post on Instagram and be like, you know, why am I having all this pain? And I'll go on there and be like, because the intensity is too high and you're not recovering. That's just what that is. You're not addressing the issues because you're yeah. too, like far into your ego. And then I get called textbook, like, oh God. All right. Well, yeah, I'd rather be no. textbook than injured in 23. <laughs> I feel like it's even worse in strongman because you get you just keep going you know mm-hmm. you know like at least in an event or you're, you're like maxing out powerlifting, right like you might grind forever and miss I don't know your deadlift right but that's it maybe you'll be like oh I had it I'll rest and try again but mm-hmm. you're gonna try it that one time and then you're gonna drop it because that's how the competition is. But like strongman, mm-hmm. you're gonna keep trying and pushing your body to 150% for like 60 seconds because that's the competition. The competition is usually you have a minute to try to do this thing, whatever mm-hmm. the thing is. So not only are you there pushing yourself, everybody that's with you understands this culture also and is also pushing you. Mm-hmm. And everyone's just like, no, no, you got it, you got it. And, and the worst thing is, is that in those st- circumstances, maybe half the time the person does end up lifting it. So that you you want to push even harder. Like, oh, right. I think I could do it. I think I could do it. I saw that one guy one time do it. And like the whole world's just always fucking going 150. Like, so you see little old me in the gym, like log pressing and blacking out. And people are like, no, just try again. I just drop it and walk away. They're like fucking lost. Like, doesn't she know she has a whole minute? What is she doing? <laughs> yeah, it, uh, I think um, once the gyms close, I I was able to not take everybody else's like hurrahs. You know, it was just me. And so when I wanted to the stop, I stopped. Gone. Yeah, there was a AMRAP deadlift contest at my gym a couple years ago for a case of bang. 
And I was like, oh, I'm going to get me that case of bang. <laughs> and I waited till the last day to see what the numbers were. And there was a gal who did 60 reps of 135. 6-0? Yeah. Oof. And so I took it and I did 60, 64. Mm-mm. And I immediately on my 60th rep, I tore my um, hamstring down at the insertion Worth like down it. uh-huh and i and i felt it and i kept going and going and going i was like got my case of bang and then the pain set in and i was like shit just for a case of bang and some glory <laughs> like i tore my hamstring i'm not happy yeah, so that that what you described is literally us like a textbook strongman event though amrap i mean i love it Cause I have that, in, I am an endurance athlete. That's why I always grind through my lifts and I can't just like pop up like a daisy, like some of these, you know, type two muscle fiber, having people like oh, I'm all type me. one, just like Slowly I'll grind steady. She's mm-hmm. going up. Just wait, just wait on her. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't touch it. Don't shut, shut. She's going, she's going up. Don't wait. I know everybody would touch the bar and I'm grinding. like, don't touch it. Don't touch the I'm bar. Coming, I'm, coming, I'm coming. Just wait, just wait one second. Yeah, no, it's rough out here. It's rough. I know it's pure murder when you keep pushing a body that's already lost and doesn't know what the fuck it's doing. I know. <laughs> that does not help. No, it doesn't. Oh, I think, man. I think that's why I had such bad form for so long because it was about getting the weight up, not getting mm-hmm. it up as efficiently as possible. And so I had to basically like break down my squat and build it back up again and redo yeah. my form because I was dealing with misinformed coaches. Just like, I don't want to say they're uneducated, but cause they're strong. They're strong people that didn't know how to deal with me as somebody who has a vascular disease. You know what I mean? And yeah, but there's still some standard things out there where, and it sucks because I'd, I'd love to not have to think about what I'm doing. I'd love to, mm-hmm. I'd love, I'd love it. If I have the money or whatever, I'd love to just refer back to somebody like, yo, set me up. Cause thinking about this one extra thing to think about, but I have not had a great experience like whatsoever. The amount of volume that people put into some shit. I'm like, yo, this isn't like the last time I had a coach. I literally took the program that he wrote and rearranged it. And I was like, I think this would work better. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I see that you have me doing back squats for this amount of reps, followed by Zercher squats. And then the next day you want me to do push presses where I need my legs. Number one, the amount of back squat volume is enough for one workout. So Mm -hmm. here's what we should do. And once I got there, I was like, all right, maybe. (laughs) Would you tell tell them that? Or would you just kind of like, they you get your program and then you would oh no 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 i told them straight up i was like listen okay oh that was it (laughs) uh yeah we could try that okay what am i hiring you mm, for yeah no 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 and the way that i also i'm not a fan of the way that people put out the content that they're coaching because that doesn't work for me either because you know there's some people like they give you like week by week Mm-hmm. I'm like I can't do that like I need to know the entire scope start to finish what I need to do so that when I can't do it mm-hmm. I can adjust so if you give me one week of programming and then you update next week and then this week was shit and I'm just waiting like okay so what do I do do I catch up do I fall behind what do I like that that didn't work for me either the way the timing works 
I personally am a weekly person. I mean, it's because I coach myself and I do my own programming. So I'll wake up and I'll be like, I need to get these lifts done sometime throughout the week. I won't give myself like specific days to do things. I just know that I'll put like 48 hours in between my squat sessions and stuff like that. But right now it's squat, bench, deadlift. Yeah. Like some, somehow throughout the week, I know that's what I need to do. Squat, bench, deadlift, 90% of my one rep. That's it. Let's figure it out when I get there. It's kind of, I'm a procrastinator. So, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's not to say that um, I'm not a procrastinator because of course <laughs> I am, but it's just more of like, okay, if I know this week is supposed to be 75% and next week is a deload, you know, and I feel mm-hmm. like shit this week, then I could like plan somewhat better. To, like, oh, well, yeah. maybe I'll do this instead or move this around. But yeah, that that definitely makes sense ugh. if you have somebody else doing it for you. Yeah, like that's what um my last coach she would send me stuff the the day of. Like I would want to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd be waiting on my phone, just like what's going I've on. I've seen people, but you know you're not the only. I've seen people saying, that. "Yeah, I'm waiting for him to tell me." Like no, but in the moment of you working out or the day you're gonna work out. The day, like I'll get to the gym, and it won't be on there. And I'm just like, what's going on? Like, well, I was going to program tomorrow. And I'm like, but I start today. Like I told you this. Oh no, that's not good. I've seen people in their workout too. Like they have like a conditional thing. Like, Oh, if you hit this, then this will happen. And they'll be texting the coach like, yeah, so I hit this and this for reps. And they're like waiting. I'm like, are you going to go? Can I use the rack? Oh yeah. yeah, I'm just waiting for what my coach wants me to do next. Oh my gosh. That's a thing. Oh my, that's a thing. Yeah, I don't. The whole online and the internet coaching is is annoying. I couldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't. I personally wouldn't be able to not have any contact with my coach physically yeah. to see. You know, like you, I'll send you my videos. How do I know that it's you looking the, at it? The angle and everything too changes everything. Yeah, it, it's just annoying to like you have to set up the video and you gotta like edit it. It's a pain in the ass. <laughs> Uh, I also I agree I tried it out for a bit too because that's like that's another bro culture thing like you're a physical therapist you lift oh well why not teach strength coaching nah I don't mind hanging out with you in person and be like yo this is this do that try this mm-hmm. but that back and forth online let me look at your mm-hmm. videos no 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 let me tell you how to do the angles no no no, no. but this is what actually what I meant when I wrote th- like oh god it's not actually working on lifting it's all the little different components that have nothing to do with you actually lifting it's- I don't uh, power to, I'm gonna say power to the people that are doing it but well everybody mm-hmm. else that we just complained about no <laughs> I know exactly because there are people that are great at it I don't know if there's mm-hmm. just a certain way your brain has to like process things but for me it was just like nah Mm-mm. I like definitely the one-on-one tell me what I'm doing in real time yeah instead of me waiting for a response and then you don't want to type everything out I, I love doing it in person I have my people come and I you know can analyze their form and I tell them what to do and they do it and then that's it you know it's not waiting to for a reply you know or yeah, anything yeah, like yeah. that and then plus yeah. looking at their face like if I'm telling you something and you think it's bs I'm gonna be able to tell on your face or if you're not gonna <laughs> do what I'm telling you to do I could be able to tell on your the face but on, is right there exactly I think the whole nonverbal communication is powerful but it's not 
you don't have that ability to have that online. Yeah. I think that's yeah. where a lot of the communication breakdowns come through. Definitely. And I feel like the people that are doing it well have probably mastered that part because there are spoonies out there. Shravya has a coach and, and she's she's always doing great. You know, like she's mm-hmm. she has high praises about the way her stuff goes. So there's people out there. Yeah. You and far between, it seems. But mm-hmm. so maybe that's the part that they mastered is the communication, because to me, it just doesn't like I mean, you write a program and you're doing something at 8 a.m. Maybe you're sleeping, but your person is doing their program at 8 a.m. texting you like, oh, shit, this isn't working like that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Ah. <laughs> no. yeah or you know if something's programmed and they don't do it yeah and then you're not there to hear it and then they tell you three days later oh by the way i didn't do this yeah why didn't you tell me like i'm your damn coach you gotta tell me this stuff i program it for you you don't do it it's you rough. gotta tell me <laughs> it's rough so mm, more privacy people out there doing it right i i definitely think it's a skill and it's a skill that i don't have yeah I definitely when I went got into this um program the kinesiology program I wanted to get into sports medicine and get into athletic training Mm -hmm. um but I can't because the athletic training programs are in eastern Washington which is like four hours away or I could do seriously you know and so I kind of settled for I don't like exercise science I don't like that word I like kinesiology or biomechanics better but I wanted to, I've always wanted to do strength coaching of some sort, but yeah, it's such a way. niche market and it's so infiltrated by all of these Instagram coaches, yeah. you know, DM me for programs, DM me for this, DM me for that. And then you get a program and, you know, I, I think a lot of the things that these people program work because obviously if the person hasn't done what the coach is asking, exactly. them to do, you're, you're gonna they're going to have anyway. gains. Yeah, there was one guy who said um, hamstring bias, stiff leg deadlifts. And I'm like, what the hell does that even mean? He was like, you know, do stiff leg, do hamstring bias. And then there's upper back or no low back bias. Um, I mean, is your leg stiff or not? I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> what you mean? I think I it's don't... funny though when you see um, like an exercise just like proliferated on your feed, right? Like, like all the coaches, like when Copenhagen, uh, whatever's came about, like everybody was doing them. Oh, shits, the Copenhagen you know? planks. Yeah, everybody's. You know, like every, you can tell when there's something. Uh, whoever starts it everybody else is like oh they're doing it i'm doing it (laughs) yeah that's what's going on at um the gym i basically disconnected from if nobody people will wear the notorious lift shoes for like six months and then people will do their lifters for six months and then people go beltless all at the same time like cohesively as a unit when they all have different (laughs) priorities and i'm just like (laughs) (laughs) we are one body (laughs) <laughs> we make one lift and then it's funny because they all get injured at the same time <laughs> and That's i'm just funny. like you you're know. surprised why <laughs> yeah there's um this one gal at my old gym and she actually does have um uh an, a condition that causes her uh, uh the, the head to be enlarged mm-hmm. um i'm not sure what it's called um i think she it's has a shunt a what does she have a shunt what's that 
uh well you're saying head to be large so it's either like your actual skull is too big like macrocephaly or you have water in your skull hydrocephaly yes hydrocephaly so they put literally like a little shunt that pulls the extra water out and dumps it into your yes. uh, abdominal cavity yes so she that you're right so she does have that and she is working with a trainer who big guy 23 years old squats like 700 pounds tiny tiny little femurs you know mm-hmm. t-rex arms has all <laughs> like the good anatomy and she's being pushed to the point where she's you know she's 22 she's getting injured all the time no. to the, and she's posting videos of her taking aspirin and ibuprofen and bragging about it i'm like you're 22 you shouldn't be taking pain medication before a training session there's a huge problem with that yeah you know well I can't I can't not train even though I strain my groin I have a meet coming up and I'm just like all right whatever you know what do I know what do I know I'm not a big 23 year old 700 pound squatting dude so yeah um, that gets really old and it's tough because she might not know better right like that's like you get into this and that's what you find like that is the culture so you say this is how it must be yeah, and I you remember can't talk her somebody coming, out of it unless she yeah, sees it. That's exactly. I remember her coming into the gym and very looking very timid. And I'm like, oh, this girl looks cute. Like mm-hmm. super just like I've watched her grow in strength and it's been awesome to see her gains and she's so excited about it. But at the same time, she's surrounded by ego training. Yeah. And she has so much potential. And it's, I don't know, it's that's why I don't go to that gym anymore to be honest like I just was not out for your mental health no. that doesn't sound like a good vibe no um so we're gonna take a quick pause real quick for a word from our sponsors all right we're back so as we were saying powerlifting culture is a bitch um uh <laughs> Uh, I'm curious though like what does your daughter think is she in this she have any skin in this game at all is she doing her own thing my daughter is her own entity um she is she's so funny so she just turned 11 and she is all legs and arms (laughs) and the tiniest little torso And I have been really trying to get her into sports or just something that can help her become disciplined and get her self-confidence. And every time I try and bring her down to the gym, she's just not really into it. And I'm kind of bummed. And I really wish she would pursue this. But at the same time, she it's just not her thing. She's She's not interested. She's just not interested. She's in like... um, gaming and anime and horse riding um she's been riding horses since she was two um which is good for her i it does pour in a discipline because she loves doing farm chores and like she has no problem going outside picking up poop no problem <laughs> but getting this kid to take a shower is like pulling teeth so oh my gosh. That's um funny. she it's funny. She has an Instagram now. And so she likes all my photos and will be looking at my videos. And I think that's really good for her to see. Um, and I'm also always walking around in like my sports bras and all that stuff, you know, just showing her that you don't, you know, if your body doesn't look the way it like society thinks who gives a shit, yeah. you know, be comfortable, walk around, do whatever the hell you want. Just be happy um, with yourself. Um, 
But dang, I really wish you would get into powerlifting. <laughs> that would be nice. I try, I bring her down there and I'll have her do squats. And I talk to her about form and sitting up straight and like not eating a ton of sugar and stuff like that. Um, but I, I don't want to be one of those parents that forces their kids to do something Mm-mm. they don't want to do. So, I definitely I mean, see moms out there like bringing their kids to compete in powerlifting meets more. Mm-hmm. There was a few kids at my old gym that were competing and their parents would be feeding them energy drinks. Okay. <laughs> and right. you know what I mean? And my daughter became friends with a lot of those kids, but she I, she just doesn't want to do it. I don't know if it's the culture that she was presented to because she was going to the gym with me a lot and she did see a lot of it and it maybe did something like she just doesn't seem interested. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Maybe <laughs> she'll be like me. When I was a kid, my mom tried to get me to garden. She'd bring me outside like, look at this plant. And I'd be like, I'm going to go back inside. And now I'm like applying to some fucking gardening program so I can learn. Oh, right so, on. So who knows? She'll come. Maybe she'll come around. It could just be one of those mom wants me to do this. So I don't want to things. Yeah. <laughs> and I definitely like I know I got into powerlifting and strength training because my mom wasn't there to give me self-confidence and to guide me. And I feel like this gives me a sense of purpose. Like it, you know, things get hard. Like, you know, I have a 300 pound barbell that I need to squat and my brain is telling me, bitch, don't do this. You're going to get killed. You can't do this. (laughs) And then I'm like, shut up, shut the hell up. You know what I mean? Like you're not in control of me. And then I do it. And I gain a little bit of self-confidence each and every time. And I learn how to work through problems you know like getting this like I said getting this glute to match up this in strength my right glute's been a pain in the ass but I've learned so much and I've learned how to be patient and the patience also carries into my parenting so it's done a lot of good and bad for me and hopefully um you know I I talked to my daughter about Girl Scouts (laughs) she's kind of into that like I did Girl Scouts when I was younger um but it's she's so young it's just hard to have her find her Her purpose at such a young age you know what I mean like I just want her to have fun and do what she does best annoy the hell out of me and (laughs) be patience (laughs) yeah sounds about right I'm with you on that there though because that that is really true was you get so caught up in your like negative self-talk like damn you suck like you can't do this like damn you're weak or like whatever whatever when then you do you move some weight and you're like all right okay maybe I suck sometimes but like right Mm -hmm. now I don't (laughs) this is good (laughs) yeah and it sucks because a lot of people just think that they're entitled to tell you your business and I'm so especially like online as a powerlifting coach you have to post your videos online that's just how this works right now and I'm so sick of it I wish you yeah. went old school but you know and then you're subject to just stupid comments that people make or you know the fact that they're unhappy with themselves and they want to make you feel like shit and it's yeah it's so ridiculous like a lot of women in the powerlifting community you know cis and transgender they get a lot of shit because they're not male and they're lifting so you have that huge stigma of you are a woman in powerlifting which is another notch you know because if it were male powerlifting you don't get a lot of the shit 
you know what I mean? You'll get a lot of praise. You have a lot of people asking you questions. Yeah. It's like, uh, I don't like, you know, I don't know if I want my daughter to be a part of this type of community. So hopefully it gets better over time. Yeah. But I mean, then again, any community that she's in is going to be the same shit. Like even um, because she said she's a gamer. I was reading this article by that ninja dude. And apparently he doesn't play like one on one with other uterus havers. So he says no to playing with other females. And the person asked him, like, why are you discriminating kind of thing? He's like, no, no, no. Actually, like if I do, I'll do it in a group, but I'm not going to do it one on one because I get so much shit online and the girls get shit talked in like the live streams that I can't Mm -hmm. deal with it anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh shit, because I mean, a face value that sounds terrible, right? Like, oh, he refuses to play with women, like, oh, what? A yeah. Dick. But he says the answer, and I'm like, oh, it's literally because people are just writing some nasty shit in the threads, and then the next day there'll be rumors like, oh, she probably sucked his dick to be on the oh, show, you know, yeah. like, God. So it, I don't. I'm gonna be uh, honest with you. I don't know if there's any hope for your kid anywhere. I don't know, Ari. It's just rough out here. It is rough. It's it's annoying. I don't know. Uh, it makes me scared a little bit, honestly. <laughs> Especially, mm. I get all my information from Instagram right now, other than my husband is so into politics and watches the news like crazy. Um, right. But a lot of the stuff that people talk about, it's always what somebody else is doing wrong. Yeah. It's it's always like a, something always has to be a controversy. Somebody yeah. always has to hate, run their Oh mouth. my God. Everybody wants to be contra. Don't do this. Do this. Are you doing these? That's wrong. It's like, why can't you just exist and do your shit and just do it? It's, I, I hate God, that. I and that's, I, I think that so much too. Like, I try to do that. Actually, ideas. I don't try. I do that. I do. I try to be very humble. I had actually somebody call me smug the other day and I'm just like, for kidding me whatever but um (laughs) I try to be very humble because there's you know there's a lot of people who are very flashy with their accomplishments um and I think that's good to an extent yeah but I think a lot of people do things for other people and not for themselves they do it for the gram for me in this pandemic I've worked on a lot of like building self-confidence and basically facing these demons that I have been kind of keeping deep down inside, which is another reason why I started powerlifting. You know, I wanted some sort of purpose and self-confidence because I didn't get that when I was younger. Um, And so I notice it with other people, you know, when somebody's busy talking about somebody else, they have something wrong with themselves. They're not happy with themselves. They don't have the self-confidence because if they did, they wouldn't give a shit what that other person was doing. So the, pro of powerlifting (laughs) self-confidence a sense of being the con of powerlifting everything else (laughs) everything else uh i mean is the is there a hiking community and does that compare at all because i know you hike but you're just on your own there or is there a culture for hiking also there there's a culture for hiking here there is a group um um, PNW happy hikers Pacific Northwest happy hikers um, and they are amazing um, and they're very they're very inclusive which is nice because we get to learn a lot about each other um, it's fun to be with them but I love being by myself I am an only child and I didn't have a lot of friends growing up so I'm just very comfortable with being by myself and so I love to just go out there 50 60 miles deep 
and just like do my own thing and not be on anybody else's schedule. Um, I have a trip coming up in August. It's going to be a nine day, probably 80, 90 mile trip um, in August. Are you just going to like sleep outside? (laughs) yes what I'm gonna I, st- I start the at, like gonna be I know right <laughs> I, I'm gonna have um my satellite communicator uh because my husband you know loses his shit when I go out there by myself um but it's it's gonna be nice because I do a lot of thinking out there <laughs> and oh it sounds awesome yeah it's just it's it's nice I, I you know I as a power lifter that hikes it's kind of weird because you know I, it it's two different systems. So as like this muscular person trying to climb up a hill with 70 pounds on their back, you know, it's like, <sighs> you know what I mean? Just like yeah. trying to get that aerobic training in before these types of hikes is difficult because you lose your gains, which is inevitable if you want to go out there. And yeah, it's one or the other. Mm-hmm. And so usually in the winter, I'll do my powerlifting and then towards about like I have my meat in May. And then once my meet's done, then I trans transition over to like endurance. That makes which, sense though. Which will still be squat bench deadlift, just a different set and rep, rep range. Mm-hmm. No, but, that makes sense. But yeah, it's cool. Cause you know, Washington has some of the most amazing hiking ever. Yeah. Your pictures um, always look amazing. Thank you. And you know, everybody is very friendly out there. You know, it's like, hi, how's it going? You know, everybody wants to talk to you. There's a lot of um, like the whole Pacific Crest Trail. You know, there's a few times where I've met up with somebody that's done 600 miles and I'm like, oh, hey, how's it going? You haven't seen anybody in like five days. You know, this is what's going on in the world. Like, that's always cool to that's interact with those people out there. <laughs> but it's like an entirely different reality. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I know I was I think it was the hottest day of the year last year it was like 102 out here in Washington which is just hell for us Mm-mm. and I decided to go out on a hike and I about passed out on the way up there um because I have that inflammation in my lungs sometimes I gotta just like push through it out there which is stupid but I do it whatever I'm gonna keep doing it and I go to this junction and I see this really old guy <laughs> and he looks kind of mangled and I'm like oh my gosh you know where'd you come from and he's like I came from Canada and I'm like that's super badass tell me like is this your first time you know it's just cool to learn about people out there it's yeah, that is pretty it's awesome. nice it's nice I like it I can't wait summer can't come any sooner the mm-hmm. only parallel experience I could compare to that probably is when I got into yoga and like you know, you take the beginner's classes um, and realize that, like, I'm a beginner because I, I was a beginner because I was new. I didn't know poses. I didn't understand the mm-hmm. practice. I don't understand the breath. I don't understand the concepts, the mindfulness, everything, right? Like, never mm-hmm. knew what it was, just walked into classes. And that's, that's where I was. Then I look at these other people and I realize, like, you're a beginner for everything. You never even used your body. Okay, cool. All right. We're not mm-hmm. on the same wavelength. So, you know, these people are like, oh, my wrist hurts. And I'm just like, you got no muscles? Oh, you know, like that. <laughs> like, the, being the beginner in that setting was just like, okay, this is not, mm, this is weird. <laughs> yeah, it's, I tried to like a lot of my friends want to come with me. A lot of them are beginners. You know, every, a lot of my friends are very sedentary and 
they like to spend a lot of their times um, partying, going to shows, hanging out at bars. And so whenever I ask them to come, they're like, oh, I can't do what you do. It's too intense. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Like I could die. I have more chance of dying out here than you do. Like you would have to carry my ass down. Like don't calm down. Like it's just eight miles. No big deal. I it's like, it's, it's funny because people are so scared to be out there. Yeah. They think that a bear Great is expanse. Yeah. Great they always ask. Is scary. They always ask if I'm going to carry a gun. I'm like, no, man, I'm not. What am I going to do with a gun? I'm not gonna have enough time to try it. Y'all watch too many movies. Oh, I know it's it's ridiculous, but it's it's nice to be so far out there that nothing matters except for what you are doing and what you want to do. So there's a pro of going out there by yourself because you're on your schedule. Yeah, but it also gets lonely as hell, (laughs) and you gotta do you know do a lot of thinking. You do a lot of soul searching out there. Do a lot of crying. A lot, of, a lot of people found out that they don't like being by themselves in this pandemic anyway. Mm-hmm. So either they'll be more prepared for hiking now or we'll <laughs> definitely never hike. <laughs> yeah, either I, way. I know for this pandemic, it's uh, I, I think I mentioned in one of the previous episodes that I was doing Reiki. Yeah, because once, since I started doing that, it's had a lot of things come to the surface. And then when I go out to the woods, I deal with it out there because I don't like to be, are you okay? You know, I don't like to see, have people see me cry. I don't like to have people see me show emotion. Probably Mm -hmm. not a good thing, but it's just kind of a shell that I have, you know? So there's a lot of stuff that I have on my shoulders and I want to just go out there and purge. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Which is like, you know, I'll go out there. On one hand, how many people have seen me cry? So no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that I makes mean, sense to me. I it was it was a rough childhood for me. We didn't show a lot of emotion, and so for some reason, I think that's still like a bad thing. It shows weakness, and I think that's just for me. That's not for everybody else. Um, no, I think you know it, you're the opposite of a weak person if you can cry in front of somebody. But like I said, I have this shell that I'm learning how to break and I think being alone and being out in the woods is helping me to like break that yeah, down you have to learn how to deal with that for your for yourself because mm-hmm. I mean culturally it's the same you don't show weakness you don't t- show people that you're in pain you know, everything mm-hmm. is fine like I've had literally aunts and uncles that are dying and I wouldn't know like that's my culture like yeah. everything is fine everything is good we're good mm-hmm. yep great like <laughs> no matter what oh no yeah, no don't tell her no 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 don't tell her about the time you was in the hospital no 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 just tell your phone what okay I know <laughs> like, my that's my programming so I'm with you there yeah my my mom like I guess took a nasty spill and bumped her head had brain bleed and I had no idea yeah 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 sounds about right mm-hmm. she just like casually told me like yeah my brain is bleeding so you know I can't go work here I'm like what mm-hmm. what the that's... fuck do you mean your brain is bleeding how'd that happen uh-huh yeah 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 well my mom was diagnosed with leukemia like she knew something was up for months I didn't know none of us knew she just powered she was, through it herself just, or... yeah and that's yeah. that's that's somewhat normal I don't know where's your family yeah. from are they Washington people generations deep or what um I don't really talk to my family um my Oma immigrated from Germany 
and I just took a 23 and me DNA and found out I'm like 2% German. Um, so, <laughs> um, I'm not really sure where the hell my family came from. Huh. <laughs> we don't know anything about that. I just know that I'm Eastern European Jewish and like, well, well that of- could be a part of it. The culture then Jewish mm-hmm, because uh, and this is not something you learn in school. This is what I've learned from mm-hmm. seeing what other Jewish people post about okay. their life. And it's like, you can't have Jewish friends. Like you can't tell anybody about what you're doing. You don't tell anybody that you're Jewish. You don't, you don't become friends with anyone. You don't disclose anything about yourself because they have that fear carried over from the Nazi Germany era, like mm-hmm. embedded. And it's not that long ago. So that would be yeah. like, that would be like your grandma's father or uncle or some shit, like telling her, no, 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 don't tell them what you do. No, 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 no. Don't talk to this person. No, no, no. Don't, don't, no, no. You can't have any friends over. Like, and that just gets passed down to you. So here you are today. Like, I can't cry in front of people. Like not understanding why. Yeah. Yeah. My Oma actually, um, her, my great Oma took my Oma and fled from Nazi Germany to America. Um, and so I believe, what is it? I am a second generation American in my family um according to history unless you look it up outside of them i'm sure yeah like i looked up 23 and me and there's a lot of just random like uh melanesian um australian indigenous and there's like native american in there apparently i have a native american grandparent i'm just (laughs) like wow i have a lot of interesting Mm. like cultures that are you know like you said they begin to make sense when you understand you know their background like I totally wouldn't have known about that the Jewish but that you know that totally makes sense it makes sense but it's not unless somebody spells it out it's not your reality like it's not something you think about you don't think you're not going to think about that framework like oh my grandma ran from Nazi Germany so this is how she raised me like I know right I wouldn't think of that shit (laughs) there's no way I wouldn't I know that the Jewish side comes from my mom my mom is uh, adopted but uh, she took a ancestry and she was 30% Jewish that makes things even spicier she's adopted too so and and Polynesian wow so that makes sense on why I I can't tolerate certain foods and (laughs) um it just makes a lot of sense and I guess like personality wise and emotional wise if I do the research it might begin to make a little bit more sense you know what I mean because there's some shit in my head where I'm like "Ooh, where'd that come from like are you crazy are you do you need help like do you need you know you ever get to that where you're just like does do other people think about this type of stuff or (laughs) did other people go through this or is it just me do I need to like seek some personal help yeah well I I think everybody needs to get help I think that's where we start with our problem yeah, there you was... have a brain. You should you should need counseling. That's it. You don't no, have to be true. labeled as anything, because we're out here just fucking floundering trying to figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> if I had somebody tell me like, "How? Oh, tell me about your childhood." Well, did you know that that could? I would have. I just spent like I don't know first had like the last decade just figuring that out. I could have had a professional tell me about that in a session, right? Yeah, I um. <laughs> we don't talk a lot about my family and it's, I, I understand why now. Um, yeah. I, I was on the phone with my Opa about a month ago and he, my, I don't know a lot about my mom and she never, like I said, we don't share emotion. We don't hug. We don't do any of that. Um, and I had found out that 
I was the product of a really toxic environment and it included my mom doing drugs when she was pregnant with me and being subjected to like domestic violence and sexual abuse and all that stuff and my opa he was like yeah I would pick you up and your mom would have all these younger guys there but I never said anything and I'm like why the fuck didn't you say anything like that makes sense yeah (laughs) like all the things that he was telling me makes so much sense and like why didn't y'all ever tell me this like we need I know we don't talk about stuff but y'all should probably tell me this shit (laughs) At least this guy's come on. No, like if this you, is if very you, new. Yeah. This is a new concept. Talking about what? <laughs> yeah, I've I've learned it's how a very to like new concept. Exactly. I've learned how to talk through things. I told my husband about a lot of the I don't I don't like this word and now I know why the word rape. I hate it. Mm-hmm. And that's because I had to talk about it. And it was one of those things where it was buried so deep down inside of me and being alone and not having, you know, friends to hang out with during this pandemic made me confront that. And he also comes from the same background where no emotion, you know, so we'll like, as a husband and wife, we have an interesting dynamic, but that's because we don't know any better. Yeah. Um, It's what we were raised around, but it was really hard for me to tell him like, hey, by the way, we've been together for 13 years, but I was like sexually abused for like a lot of that, like most of my life. And he's just like, oh shit. (laughs) What do I, how do I, how do I say this? And he's like, you want to talk about it? No. No, that was, I'm sure that was the, that alone was like a fucking monumental thing. Like, I don't need to talk about it. It was, it was difficult and I've, it's, it's funny because I am very, I'm an open book. I don't hold anything back. And so I will put that out there. So just nonchalant, like, yeah, you know, sexually abused in all of my relationships, no problem. And they're like, like what? So what's for dinner? (laughs) What are we going to go out? Like, you want to order in what's going on? (laughs) You want to talk about it? No, is all I need to say. Like, let's Mm -mm. go get some pizza. (laughs) That's it. I got it. It's out in the universe. <sighs> Off my chest. Know, exactly. Move on. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of the um I've always kind of been um put off by a lot of like the me too and being open about that type of stuff. And now I kind of realize why. It was you because, weren't because I wasn't I didn't know how to because I didn't want attention. Yeah, okay. Like I wanted to get it out because I want other people to know that they don't you can just say it and then have it be you don't have to talk about it you know what I mean it doesn't need to be a thing it doesn't have to be like a public event it's just exactly like there's a lot of people who post very like private things publicly and it helps them um but for me I I'm I don't work that way I can, it takes me a long time to say it. And then once I say it, then it's done. Yeah. Like it's out in the open. I don't need to talk about it. The fact that I've thought about it for all this time and now I said it. So you know that if I'm acting a certain way, it's because of this. Like if I'm like, don't fucking touch me, it's not because it's you. It's because I, it's, it's deep seated. You know what I mean? It's, it kind of, brought a lot of answers to these weird questions of 
why does she always look like she's mad or why are you always so rude or why don't you ever like get hugged or anything like that? Everybody kind of formed their opinion and it's all stemmed from this shit that I just don't like to talk about online. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's all no. good to get that out. Like, you know, I was, no, I was I'm debating. I'm really happy for you. That's I was, a lot. That takes I was debating on saying it, you know, like last night when I was getting, trying to find my daughter's headphones for this podcast, I'm like, do I want to say it? Because that vulnerability feels icky that's the only way I can, you know what I mean like mm-hmm. I just kind of feel like I feel kind of gross and I feel like why yeah. did I mm, you feel like I you feel like a wet towel like outside you're like a little cold and a little damp like Ugh, do I want to feel like this I don't know yeah but it like after after it goes away you feel so much better man I'm never gonna forget Christy said this and she was like our first guest ever too but she said like there's strength and softness and when I tell you that hit, I'm like never going to forget that, that sentence. There's strength and softness because you have to have the strength to acknowledge that vulnerability, to share mm-hmm. it, and then to use that to keep building. Like you don't just cry and say, oh, shit. Like it's not it doesn't stop there. Right. Like there's strength mm-hmm. in that to go mm-hmm. through all of those stages. It's fucking work. Yeah. And I think maybe powerlifting almost mirrors that. You know what I mean? It's that same struggle of having to confront something that you don't fucking want to. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to lift this. Why do I got to lift it? And, you know, you have this internal thought process in your head and it opens up doors for you to like explore how to carry over that type of discipline and that type of thinking into your real life. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what happened. Um, I, you know, you, you mentioned that you, will never forget when they said that I had one of my first trainers say the discipline that you have in the gym will always carry over into your life. And I've noticed like once I started gaining that discipline and gaining that self-confidence, I realized that I don't give a fuck what anybody else thinks. Mm -hmm. You're going to hear what I have to say. However you choose to um, react to that, that's on you. got nothing to do with me that has nothing to do with me like if you don't like what I said you can just you know figure it out on your own but I got a lot of shit to say so let me just go ahead and say it and I think a lot of people don't realize that I like don't give a fuck and you know a lot of people give a fuck about what other people think and I think that's a huge part in just somebody's self-confidence like who cares what other people think yeah just like obviously your husband you're like your exactly to an extent like you know you still gotta have boundaries for yourself and respect for other people but at the end of the day like you are in control of your actions and they're in control of theirs you know what I mean so don't blame your shit on me that's not my fault no 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 we all have our own baggage that we have Mm -hmm. to deal with and it's hard because like you're literally swimming in your own fucking sewage trying to figure out your trash and everybody else has got theirs and they're flinging it at you because they're floundering too and at some point in there you're supposed to figure it out for yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> gets dicey yeah <laughs> it gets real fucking dicey and especially like when you have an invisible illness and you like I'm sure this has happened to you and I tell my husband every day and he looks at me like I'm crazy but I'm like you know what some days I just wouldn't fun care about like the, the world ended Mm-hmm. today because I just don't care anymore like I got all this baggage on me I wake up feeling like shit every day I'm getting treated as sh- like shit at work like people don't understand me you don't understand me whatever screw it 
Like I have those days where I'm just like, fuck it. I hate everything, you know? Yeah. And then I have these days where I'm like, oh, you know, it's not that bad. You know, I got this and the sun shining, blah, 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 this and that. <laughs> yeah, it's never the same every day. It's, like... Yeah, it's so morbid. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I, I, I get a kick out of making jokes about it and it makes other people uncomfortable sometimes, but. No, I think there's a certain, uh... <laughs> certain things people just don't get unless you have a disability or especially Mm -hmm. invisible illness there's just some things that you're just not gonna get um so like people will cancel right like let's say we finally scheduled this like this podcast it's it takes work to schedule shit right Mm -hmm. get an email back and forth check my calendar put it down my calendar and then the day you wake up you actually have to feel good right and there's so many people that will finally we spent maybe what a month or some weeks trying to coordinate talking about the podcast and then the day of they got a migraine or they feel like shit or they just don't have it and they're like I'm so sorry it's this and this and I'm so sorry and I'm just like yo you don't (laughs) you talking to me you don't have to tell me that right I don't have it today all right cool check check back but like you're so used to explaining Mm -hmm. why your reality is your reality that it's like second nature (laughs) yeah and I I get over explanatory with that for right now mostly just because I a want to educate people break that stigma and I just don't it takes a lot of work for me to not say anything like to do the opposite yeah like I'm very like I said I'm very vocal about how I feel so if I started my period and it's a happy flow you bet your ass everybody's gonna know about it (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh and it makes people uncomfortable but I'm just like it's it's something that we fucking deal with and we don't get time off work and so you're gonna hear about it (laughs) because this shit sucks it does suck so at work like I don't mind you know being like I got this wrong I got that wrong but to my friends and family that's different like I'm just like I don't feel good well I hope you feel better yeah okay me too and a discussion like yeah you know what I mean people are so used to that even in in their regular relationships explaining themselves Mm -hmm. which is like kind of sad on one end because like damn it's exhausting Mm -hmm. at one point when like when you leave and you go to work you have that mindset like these people don't fucking get me this is how i'm gonna talk right like but Mm -hmm. then you go home you take that off you just want to chill like i can't imagine going home and still having to explain myself yeah luckily my husband's a lot better now um my other family members are weird they'll pray for me oh yeah oh i feel it working may the blood of jesus cover you okay lady (laughs) thanks that makes me feel i know right you got any more (laughs) of that cranberry juice i mean blood of christ excuse me um i remember when i told my mom my diagnosis she laughed at me huh she i said bichettes and she was like uh you you mean the shits i'm like oh yeah you're so honey like no i mean i do have the shits all the time but it's not funny it's bichettes (laughs) like i'm glad you know that you can find humor in my suffering like that's only reserved for me yeah i'm the only one allowed to find humor in my one way it's only one way (laughs) for real (laughs) but i remember when i before i got my diagnosis my husband thought i was crazy Mm. he 
I was always going to the hospital, like there's something wrong. And then I'd go to the hospital and they're like, there's nothing wrong. I'm like, there's, there's something wrong. And he would just look at me like they said, there's nothing wrong. And then I get my, <laughs> they said nothing's wrong, babe. <laughs> uh-huh. and then I got my diagnosis and he's, he's seen me struggle, um, not being able to move off the bed, not being able to breathe you know, all this type of stuff. And now he's finally realizing, oh shit, you know, she's not faking it. Like, why would I, who wants to go to the hospital? Because they want to like, who maybe a hypochondriac maybe, but you no, know, yeah, that exists somehow. It's fucking I, weird, but yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to go to the hospital for them to be like, there ain't nothing wrong, girl. You just want mm-hmm. pain meds. Yeah, no, it's hard. It's hard. So it's funny because I have like the opposite problem. Well, I'm, you know, I'll talk to you like how I'm talking now. I'll be in the hospital. Like, yeah, nine out of 10 pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I got a lot of pain in my pelvic. And I kind of like one doctor told me I might have like a vein compression. So you guys just make sure I don't have like a blood clot, you know, but then my husband would be like, oh, where's the doctor? Where is the doctor? Did you hear what she said? Is she, is she? You know, and the doctor would be asking questions that I know, like answering it will like make a fucking round of conversation that's not worth mm-hmm. it. You know how that fucking shit goes. Oh, yeah. And he'd be like, but you didn't answer what she meant to say. Oh. <laughs> I have the opposite husband. He is too hype about about me being sick. He's my yeah. cheerleader. he's my cheerleader. <laughs> oh, you're I wonder. I don't see. I don't know if I would want to if I would want that. I know the way that my husband reacts is. <laughs> it's just it's kind of interesting he doesn't know how to he doesn't know what to do with his hands he's he, like that person he, in the picture <laughs> yeah he's just like <laughs> and I'm like I don't want advice I just want you as my husband to hear what I go through on a daily basis so that you understand if I'm being a heinous bitch it's because I have been treated like crap for like this entire week yeah. don't take it personally Um, because he had a similar upbringing as me. And so when I am very offstandish and I don't like to be touched in pain, I don't like, like when I'm in pain, like I'm just get the hell away from me. Don't talk to me. Don't do anything. And because you know how you were saying, Oh, I'm a nine, nine out of 10, you know, you don't (laughs) act like you're in pain. And so the way that they perceive it is like personal, if that kind of makes sense, like maybe they did something wrong, but the fact that I have to explain that you didn't do anything wrong is still a f- is annoying issue. But if it gives you peace of mind, I will say that. Like yeah. I shouldn't have to, but you know, we shouldn't have to do a lot of things that we do. Oh, we got a long list going. I know. That's for sure. <laughs> we got a long fucking list of that. But I mean, in general, I get what you mean. <laughs> yeah, it's a learning curve. It's a learning curve, and I don't know if it's interesting because I don't know what I mean I guess it just depends like is it better to be alone when you're first diagnosed or is it better to have support like it just depends on who you have with you because um our last wait I can't remember whatever some episode we talked to Marie and she's like um actually for me it was better I was single nobody had expectations for me I didn't have to lie to anyone about how I felt or I didn't have to Mm -hmm. like pretend to do anything that I wasn't and meet someone else's expectations and I was like well shit that makes sense too like hmm yeah I um I've noticed and I don't know if you have noticed the same thing but a lot of my friends are very unsupportive but they are supportive online Uh, so they'll preach about 
or they'll post memes about um uh, what's 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 something that's trending um stonk stonk market right now oh yeah <laughs> you're right up. <laughs> our mental health so yeah. let's say you know if if you are feeling depressed or if you're feeling suicidal like contact me or reach out to me and I'll do something about it and you reach out to them and they don't do shit Mm. Does that kind of make sense? Like, oh, so like, like when people post, especially on holidays, like, oh, if you just got outed by your family, you can't go home. Like, I'm your queer auntie now. I'm your family. Like that shit. <laughs> yeah. But then you call them like, hey, family, and they're like, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, I got you. So it's like the you know my friends, they when I talk about what I'm going through, they'll talk about what they're going through. Like, oh, you know. Um, I'll be like, you know, how you doing? Oh, my colitis. I just got over it. I'm having, I'm really inflamed in my pelvic area. And they'll be like, well, I got a stomach ache. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, cool. the, that's the same thing. That's the mm-hmm. same thing. It's just like, I don't know. It's weird. Maybe I just need new friends. I'm beginning to create relationships with people that um, we have better ideas, like our ideals align and our lifestyles align. I think a lot of my friends are older friends when I used to party and stuff like that. And now that I'm powerlifting. Different version of Ashley. She got exactly. I'm a different version. Exactly. A little outdated. That's all right. Yes. And, but they pretend to be these people online that are so supportive and then you text them and they don't reply. That sucks. That's fucking lame. I definitely have, um, and that's another part of my culture is like everything is fine right um but then also like your family no matter what is your family like, you're supposed to love your family your family's there for you da, 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 da. but it's mm. really the same shit so mm-hmm. the same way that you're 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 describing it's the same oh if you need anything you know call me honey i'm always there for you and you call them and it's like mm, i don't really feel supported right now mm-hmm. this is really doing I actually it feel me. worse now I, I feel, worse. feel worse and you just said a whole <laughs> bunch of like you know if you're a spiritual person you believe in a greater god good for you but like don't tell me that's why i'm sick or some shit and don't tell oh, me you pray yeah. for me like but um, okay i'm not gonna be cured by your prayers god is not amazon so <laughs> please i like when they say like god could god won't give you anything that he didn't think you can handle i'm like well this is this is fucked up like oh you can't you can handle all this here take it it's all yours yeah, like, no. thanks it's i think it's it's it gives people a sense of false hope yeah so i don't uh yeah i get what you're saying there so i i used to think growing up that those that that level of relationship is what i would get from my family and i'm kind of at the point now where i'm like um that doesn't exactly translate so it's mm-hmm. like people people at this point are like at levels like okay like you're the person that's cool if i just want to get some coffee like that's it like Mm -hmm. if i need to talk to some real shit all i got is these three guys over here like (laughs) you know that's that's where i'm at now like you know like you could be my lifting buddy uh you could be my beach buddy but like if i actually have to talk about some shit (laughs) not really (laughs) i have like a few friends that are good at that but i don't like again they embrace me and they tell me that I'm a good person and I'm not used to getting complimented so it's 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 kind of a weird thing that a pattern that I'm trying to break 
Like I'm really trying to reach out to people who want to help, but at the same time, I'm just like, like, I know I I don't want to accept your compliment. Like, no, I'm not the shit. Just stop. Just stop. (laughs) And then I'll go to somebody who doesn't care. And I'm like, tell me, I'm, tell me I'm pretty. Like, (laughs) (laughs) get it together. (laughs) What do I need? (laughs) What do you want? I know, I know that I can give myself what I need right now. And my husband's getting a lot better at understanding this like complicated ass like person that I am and I'm trying to deal with all this stuff that's coming up and he's being very supportive in the way that he can he knows how to be yeah and again I don't know what the hell I want from anybody so Mm -hmm. I say I want a but then I want b but really I want c (laughs) I can't tell you what we're doing (laughs) you don't fucking know we're lost all All i want you to do is be like how are you feeling today i feel like shit all right what can i do to help like thank you yeah don't be like i'm sorry like i'm sorry too just be like what can i do to help you like you can go get me some fucking chicken nuggets (laughs) (laughs) that's what you can go do my clothes in the dryer thank you for real like go do the dishes (laughs) like i got a list come on let's get this done yeah no nobody's at that level that that level is only my husband there's nobody well my husband and my best friend but Mm -hmm. at that level not really and then I have a another friend who's long distance she doesn't live in this country right now but like when it comes to this kind of shit we are the only people that we can talk to about like she has no one she can't talk to her sisters about this kind of stuff like she can't they Mm -hmm. don't get it Mm -mm. they don't they don't get it and it like the energy you spend in trying to make somebody fit the role that you need for them mm-hmm. is like, damn. Yeah, that's why I'm like, I'm totally cool with I have a few friends and then I have people that I talk to online um, that have my same disorder and they have the same issues. But other than that, like I'm just kind of focusing on trying to graduate and memorize all these bones in the skull and the fucking pelvis right now so shout out to the bones (laughs) there's way too many shits they're like what's this bone i'm like you made that up that don't even exist what is that let me look that's not real this is a trick question right (laughs) yeah no this is very true um so i think we're like pretty deep in in time there so we'll probably start wrapping up is there anything that you had to get off your chest for this episode i really do want to go back though and like thank you for sharing your vulnerability because there really is strength and softness you could have kept that to yourself everything start to finish the the workplace your fucking traumas like you put it all out there for us you didn't even have to do that you don't even know us like that (laughs) so i do want to thank you for that um but is there anything that you want to leave the listeners with um just try to not give a shit about what anybody thinks of you and just work on yourself. I mean, it's, it's scary. And, you know, a lot of people can't don't end up making it out of the other side when they are confronting these demons, but also don't be afraid to just blurt it out. Like I do, you know, I told some random person (laughs) I've been sexually abused. Like I just need to get it out. Like whenever you feel like you need to get it out, let it out. Who gives a shit what anybody else thinks? And just like, begin the healing process from there i'm with it i'm with it i'll take it thank you for that Mm. disabled girls out thanks for listening to disabled girls who left we appreciate all of your support and everyone who's taken the time to show us some love don't forget to subscribe rate or write a review of our channel we're on apple podcasts spotify 
Player FM, Google Podcasts, and more. You can also find us on Instagram at Disabled Girls Who Lift.